You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. How to make money. I'm, I think I'm going to name this podcast How to Make Money because that's how to get listeners on a podcast. But this podcast is not about how to make money. I'm going to talk to you today about this is a this is a rant, a complaint. It's a complaint about how everybody is worried about how to make money. And I'm not even talking about the pandemic. I'm not talking about the situation we're currently in and how that's affected people's desire to make money. I'm talking about the fact that every single element of social media and the internet has been exploited now as an opportunity for the average Joe to find some way to make money. And nothing's sacred anymore. It used to be people criticized religion. Well, what am I talking about? They still always do. It's still a target for lots of people. They love to bash churches and religious speakers and so on and so forth. For good reason. I mean, they've certainly, the Catholic Church had, you know, uncovering all the pedophiles and the priesthood was a, certainly a a disgrace and uh, how they buried it for years. And obviously the charlatans on Sundays on the odd, odd channels who are uh, pretending like they can heal people and so forth uh, are, are, you know, the clearly are con men in their own way. But, you know, it's no longer only the religious churches who are pass around the basket or try to get donations that are out there trying to swindle your money. And you could argue that shame on them for doing so in God's name, but the reality is they have to they have to survive too. I never really held it against the Catholic Church or any religious people for trying to make a buck because you know, I felt that they were that's what if you looked at the gospels and the first book following the Gospels was is Acts, and it is a book about how the followers of Jesus went out amongst the world doing, you know, the preaching of uh, Jesus's life and death and resurrection, and performing miracles in His name, the Acts of the Apostles, and um, Jesus told them when you go into a town. Um, People that the people that take you in and and um, stay with them and they'll feed you and if people throw you out or reject you, shake the dust of that town off your sandals and move on. Um, but basically, the apostles were sent out with nothing, and uh, they survived by the hospitality of others. It was given to them because of the value of the word they were preaching, and this is true i think about society in general we all have our value our worth and we should be able to find a place where we can give of ourselves in a way that suits us and make a buck on it i mean or at least 
have people feed us and help us get some shoes on our feet or put a roof over our head if it's raining out or if it's cold outside. We should be able to find something that we're good at that's valuable to this world, do it, and as a result of that, be taken care of. And whether that's in the form of a salary or money or the hospitality of others, well, I don't think anyone lives off the hospitality of others so much. However, I think the church and these religious charlatans are doing that. They're speaking, spreading the good news, or if you prefer, spreading bullshit if you don't believe them. And so people who want to hear that, who feel filled with the Holy Spirit, give their money up because they want that person or that entity to continue the work that it's doing, including speaking to them and their heart and their soul. It gives them joy, and so they pay for it. It's kind of like public radio. What's the difference, right? You have these stations like here in Pittsburgh, 91.3 WYUP, and they say, you know, you're listening to us, but we're, we're listener-supported radio. And if you don't give us money, we shut down. We don't have commercials. Meanwhile, they do. That's the funny part is they do because they do their campaign runs and they have more commercials for, of them asking for money than you'd get on a regular commercial station any time of day. And even when they aren't during doing one of those campaigns, they are bringing up the fact that you could be a member and you can, they do all kinds of, the point is there's fewer advertisements on public radio, but there's advertisements, but the advertiser is the radio station. They're advertising to make money on the service they're providing you, which is the music they're playing or programming of whatever kind. It's the same thing as these religious charlatans. They're providing a programming or a service, and people value it, so they pay for it. So I never really had a problem with that. And yet everybody else did because, I don't know, they like to attack religious people. But to me, it started with you know the apostles and, and the acts of the apostles and sent out into the world, so on and so forth. But now, flash forward to our current society and our current world, and you have that principle that I discussed where we all should have something valuable about us that we can perform or do and we should be valued and people should pay us for something that is of value in us. That concept is being exploited and corrupted on the internet and in almost every aspect of life, which is to say... Everybody's being taught from a very young age, including children, including kids playing games on the internet, that somehow, some way, they could turn a buck on their gaming. What's that station? Twix or whatever, where people game live and they try to get followers. And even if they don't turn it into money, they throw it out there like, hey, if you people, if you want to watch me, if you think it's great watching me game... Don't be afraid to throw a few bucks my way, too, to support this, this live programming. Programming, it's you gaming. I mean, it's interesting. And, uh, and then, of course, the game gaming has become even where they have contests and tournaments. And one of my sons was involved in one of those and went to Spain to perform in a championship for, for a gaming tournament. So, But that's more like a sporting event, and that 
uh, has, you know, international interest. And so you can create an event out of it, make a buck on it. That's a bigger scale. That's more like what I would call normal, which is to say you have something people value in a large scale and you create a product uh, in a group sense, uh, like a group gaming festival or tournament and a bunch of people get involved and market it and charge for this or that and make money. I mean, that makes sense. That's how capitalism works. That's how, how Americans, America's culture has worked for years and years and years. But what I'm talking about is the individual bastardization of just expression. We have never seen anything like this. I mean, and I'm talking about all those girls that not not only, but in particular, there's an example that think that because they're skinny and not ugly, they should be making money off of that. Now, it used to be you had to actually get into what they like to call modeling. You might have heard of it, which is, you know, where you'd have to be have an agent, maybe even be trained to be a model, maybe just be naturally beautiful, but you get involved with people who are trying to promote products or services and they want to use you to sell because you're pretty and you look good in their clothing or their makeup or their hairstyle or whatever. But nowadays, you don't have to be a model, just like you don't have to be a journalist to blog on the internet. You don't have to have any credentials. You don't have to be anything but you at home and getting some friends to take some pictures of you or even paying someone to take pictures or maybe sleeping with him to take your pictures, whatever. But you get these pictures and you, or you create your own product and you get on an OnlyFans site or the various other sites they have for people to exploit their bodies now for money. And you pitch and pitch and pitch for donations just because you think you're pretty. And it's disgusting. I mean, I think it's disgusting. I think it's worse than prostitution. It's funny. Prostitution's illegal still in this country, but that's an actual service. Like, that's somebody actually doing something. That's a woman getting off her ass and actually, you know, providing an actual valuable physical service. That's someone working for a living. They called them working girls for years because they're doing work. It's exercise. It's actual physical activity. Sure, it's intimate and people have uh, moral objections to it. I don't know why anymore, but um, since premarital sex, you know, when you think about it, prostitution was mainly illegal because sex outside of marriage was deemed by all of society to be wrong. You know, we had a whole different moral code in this country uh, that was affecting our laws and religious upbringing and training and things we brought over from Europe or other countries, those religious principles became the laws because that's what we believed in as a culture. But we don't believe in those things anymore. Homosexuality is no longer a sin in our culture to the majority of people. Premarital sex is no longer a sin in our culture to the majority of people. You know, I mean, abortion should be, should be legal to a majority of people. And that's still highly controversial, but nobody is pro-abortion, but they believe the option should be there. This is, you know, highly 
different than it used to be. So prostitution was illegal because it was wrong to in any way, shape, or form encourage or promote or the, the concept of sex between two people that aren't married. And obviously a prostitute's not married to her John. So uh, how could we, how could that be legal? You know, uh, plus in a way it would be encouraging adultery because you would have married men now have an opportunity to get sex outside of their marriage um, without having to have an affair. So they could have a transaction to have a different sex partner for some variety in their lives. So that's, that's why it was illegal. I mean, there's no, I haven't looked into it. Okay. I can't say that I did the research <laughs> to actually trace back the, the, the origins of the prostitution laws. I just, it's just common sense. Um, we did that with a lot of things in our culture. We made them illegal because we just morally are opposed to them. We still have some of that crap hanging over us here in Pennsylvania, for example, because we were a Quaker state, because we had so, so many severely uh, religious people, we still have our alcohol, our hard liquor controlled by the state in Pennsylvania, which has to go away. But there's so much money involved in it. And it raises money for the state to spend on things for the citizens of the state that it's really complicated to try to just privatize hard liquor. Now, we did, you know, we have beer distributors, we always have. We did privatize wine to a good degree in that we've have it available in grocery stores and so on and we've allowed it to be delivered to people in their homes they can order wine and have it delivered but the hard liquor no hard liquor still must be purchased from a state store fine wines and good spirits they call them and the state controls the sale of it and they jack up the prices and it's really it's really a ripoff. I mean, it's it's of course it's not as bad as buying cigarettes in New York City. That's another story, but but it's pretty bad, and um, that's because of religion. That's because alcohol was you know the devil's brew, and we were in a state where we were trying to clamp down on that. Same reason most bars years ago were closed on Sundays. You weren't allowed. The liquor store was closed on Sunday. Sunday was God's day. It was a holy day. You weren't allowed to sell that evil alcohol thing on God's day. Well, now the liquor stores, even though they're still controlled by the state, at least they're open on Sundays, pretty much all of them. And they started with like short hours, a little window of four hours, and now it's just like a full day. So you see, this is how things progress, just like the legalization of marijuana. Well, prostitution, nothing, no progress. Why? Because it's sex, and sex is something that is still extremely taboo throughout this country. It's funny. As liberal as the country can become, when it comes to sex, there's, you know, everybody's doing it, and everybody's doing it in all kinds of freaky and bizarre ways. But nobody wants to talk about it, and nobody wants to admit to it, and everybody still thinks of it in some sense as bad, as some sort of sin, if not a sin, at least naughty or private and just not something we want to open up. We think of sex as Pandora's box. And so if we legalize prostitution, that's somehow sanctioning sex and the freedom of sex. And it's one thing to say sexuality can be free 
and sexual preference is okay now. And we can open that up, but we're not going to actually talk about sex acts. And we're not going to say that that should be free. We're not going to go so far as to release these legal clampdowns on it and therefore encourage the act of sex because we still somehow, for some reason, think of the act of sex as bad. Even though it's the way we're all here. We're all here because people had sex. But for some reason, we still don't want to talk about it. We still don't want to encourage fucking. We don't want to encourage it. We don't want to think about it. We think about it a lot. We look at porn. We do all these things in this country like crazy. People masturbate all the time. All this stuff is going on. But publicly, none of it's going on. Publicly, what? Sex? What are you talking about? Publicly, all of us are virgins. And that's why prostitution is still illegal, and I'm guessing it will remain illegal for another 100 years. I don't see any progress ever being made on that, even though it was illegal, I guarantee you, based on religious reasons. But now that the religion has faded, there's still a taboo against sex. But getting back to the main subject matter, prostitutes make money off of an actual service that they're performing. These girls that get on the internet aren't doing shit other than getting, they're actually already getting the payment of attention, which as any man knows is is really at the top of, it's in the top three of every woman alive of things that they desire in life. Shopping is in there too. The third can be anything. It can be children, loving children. It can be animals, being kind to animals. It can be sex. It can be cooking and baking. But in the top two, two of the top three for every woman alive, in some order, it could be one and two, could be two and three, one and three. But for every woman alive, you know, attention is up there and shopping. We we know this about, you're not fooling us, ladies. You can... Pretend that you don't like to shop all you want. We know that it's right up there. And and by the way, do you notice I didn't mention husband? I said the third one can be sex. It can be whatever. It, you know, romance and love for women generally. I'll say it's it can be in the top 10. <laughs> but I don't think it's in the top three. For, you know, a very small percentage of women have romance and love in their top three. They really don't. I think women are more inclined to have sex in their top three than love. I really do. And this isn't me being jaded. This is experience talking, okay? I've been, I've been divorced now for 20 years as an adult in my 30s to my 50s now. I've had a lot of experience with a lot of different women in, out there in the world. And I'm telling you, in my experience... And I've had a lot because I've rolled them over very quickly because I'm very particular and I'm, you know, I'm not interested in finding anybody and just settling down ever since my divorce. That wasn't my plan. I wanted to find someone who was just right. Well, haven't found her yet, but, (laughs) but the point is in so not finding her, I've experienced a lot of women and I'm telling you, I'm just telling you top three, two of them are definitely shopping and attention. (laughs) And I think attention isn't number one for all women, but they all want attention very badly. I think as guys were taught growing up to be tough and uh, get it, you know, tougher outer skin and not worry about it being ignored. So attention for us, some, some of us still desire it, need it. Some of us are still kind of um, 
you know, not fulfilled unless we get a lot of attention. I'm looking at you, Alec Baldwin. I'm looking at you. But I like Alec Baldwin, but he's an attention whore. I mean, if you watch him online and everything he does, I mean, there's something in him that's crying in this need. And many, many, most actors are in some form or another attention whores. They go into acting. That's what Al Pacino always said about acting. You know, I forget. He, someone told, oh, it was Lawrence Olivier. If you've ever seen this, there's a video on it. You can find it. Al Pacino several times during his interviews over the years uh, has told the story of the greatest thing he was ever told about acting was told to him by the great actor Lawrence Olivier. You know, uh, And he said that people act because... They need attention. Me, me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And he just kept saying it over and over again to Al Pacino. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And that is why most people go into acting. Uh, so, Al, so Alec Baldwin, you know, he's an actor. <laughs> but also... As a man, and you watch him online on Twitter, well, I don't know if he does. He doesn't post that much on Twitter anymore. He used to. But he would close it down, get upset, get into arguments with different people, very passionate about it, but also very wanting to be seen. And he's the same way on his Instagram now, where I follow him. And he has a podcast. I mean, here's a you know a star that created a podcast. And it's an opportunity for him to interview famous people that he admires. But it's also an opportunity for him to to sort of interact in a way that, look how I can interact with these famous people and these noteworthy people. Look how I can question them and I can be a part of the conversation with them because I'm clever and I'm smart and I, I'm, I'm varied. Look how varied I am. And again, I'm not, I'm not bashing Alec Baldwin to say this. It's just a need for attention. Well, women that get online, well, first of all, like I said, women need attention. It's in their top three. But the women that get online, they're already getting that. They're posting pictures. They're creating accounts designed to show off their bodies and their faces. They're getting attention and all the likes and the comments. They're getting it and it's not enough. You see the ones that are really hungry. They create videos. They do live stories. They just can't stop. They're just so addicted. Even people, I, I, I you know, Milana Weintraub, who I, I think is really funny and a really charming actress. She's an attention whore and she admits it. She gets addicted. To Instagram and constantly posting and constantly wanting to interact with with her fans and even though she's a cute sweet comedian actress she will deliberately post some sort of more sultry pictures and videos of herself and wants to be sexual too and she wants to be lusted for too and that's something a lot of women won't admit but they want to be lusted for they want a lot of them want you to masturbate to their pictures. They want men to get hard-ons for them. They want that. Then they're afraid of it, of course, if it gets too aggressive. Then they you know, fall back on the Me Too spin. And the moment that you actually try to act on any of the thing they're stirring up, it's on you and you're a rapist and you're a predator and it's all on the man. But the reality is they're poking and prodding and poking at that very thing they then claim they don't want. They want it very badly, and it's part of the attention. So these girls that get online, they, they're they getting that, and it's not enough because they also want to turn a buck. They want to make money just because they were born pretty, 
and they don't want to bother to go into modeling or maybe be pretty enough to actually be a model. No. Who needs that? Who needs to actually be one of the special few that deserved a model? Who, who needs to actually have a real talent beyond just beauty that you can actually pose in a way that's model-esque? No, we don't need any of that. That's far too much, too difficult. Let's make it easy. Let's just use the internet in a cheap and sleazy way and throw pictures out there and try to market ourselves and brainwash and barrage anyone who look, who's looking at us with, come on, check out my paid for Snapchat or check out my OnlyFans site or, you know, hey, it's only, we're running a special this month. I think it's hysterical. Running a special? Look, you're a girl in her fucking apartment with, you know, like a dog and a pet lizard and some fucking loser boyfriend. <laughs> you're not running anything. You're just trying to whore your body for money in a sleazy way that insulates you from actually doing a goddamn thing other than stealing money from people because you were born pretty and you never eat. <laughs> because you're anorexic, you think people should give you their money. This isn't just the women, okay? I don't want it to look like I wanted to make a podcast bashing the young girls of today whoring themselves on the internet for money. It's everything, everybody. And like I said, the video gamers, it's the music people. I mean, nobody wants to provide their music for free. They want to get it up on these sites and, and make money off their music, uh, they, which is fine. I mean, they're, you're an artist, you made music, but it used to be that... Before you could make money, you had to be signed by a record label, which is to say you had to be screened by people who were in the know, you know, AR reps that actually um, know something about music and have worked in the business. They come and see you play live. They look at your following and they and they assess your talent and then they sign you to a deal and then they the record company would pay for your production of your record and produce and market it. And that was going to guarantee people were going to hear it because you had marketing behind you. But before you got that money behind you in the marketing and the, and the dissemination of your music, you had to be good. And someone in power had to make that call that you were good and worthy of signing. Nowadays, everybody's making that call on themselves. And they're all throwing their stuff out there and they don't want to make it available for free because God forbid, you know, someone listen to one of their songs and like it and not have paid for it. So they'll put snippets up online where if you like it and you can buy it, well, then guess what? Nobody's going to hear it because <laughs> they don't know you and you're nobody. You are nobody and you have no marketing behind you except your friends and yourself. So if you really want people to get into your music, you're going to have to share at least one or two complete songs so that people can share them and trade them and give them to their friends. And then maybe people will come back to your album or release and buy some of the other songs that aren't free if they like enough a song or two of yours that were free. But people don't want to do that because it's got to be about making money. God forbid I give something away in this world where I can be famous and make money. And that's what the internet is creating, these mini monsters in all of us. Where we're looking at being online as uh, 
first and foremost, a potential job opportunity. And whether it's, you know, investing online or getting into Bitcoin online or getting into music or getting into something sexual related, doing web shows, um, you know, people are trying to take a shortcut to making money before they've earned the right to make money because they haven't developed a real skill yet or fine-tuned it or honed it enough. And they haven't put themselves through uh, the screening process of people who maybe know a bit more than they do about a particular talent or skill or area of expertise so that they uh, have a, when they do go out there and try to market themselves, they really know you know, how to be good and how to market well themselves so that they deserve to make money. You know, deserve has something to do with it. Talent isn't enough. Being born pretty isn't enough. You really do have to find your niche, which involves work, which involves looking for how you can help the world. So in the end, I'm discouraged by the sleaziness of so many people wanting to just flip open their laptop and make a buck because they want money. Oh, another another good example of that, these GoFundMes. People will make up any bullshit reason to say they, they deserve people donating them money. Now, some of these causes are very good, but... So many of them are just self-serving, I want money causes. (laughs) And 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 it just makes you laugh. It's like, dude, we we all want money. We all we all would like to have money. Money is something everybody wants, but what are you offering that's really valid that I should pay you? Or what what about your situation is so tragic or sad that I should donate to you? Is there really a need here? And the other thing is, look, even if there is a need here, you know, there are things you can apply for. There are places you can go out into the world. Not right now because of the lockdown, but once we open up, you can go back out into the world and apply for assistance and join groups that can help you. This idea of just hanging a shingle on the internet and begging with a cup, it's pretty sad. <clears throat> and, I, and, 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 and that's what these girls are doing with their bodies and a lot of musicians are doing, (coughs) they're effectively hanging a shingle on the internet and begging for money saying, look, I just want money. So someone give me money. And I think at the end of the day, that should be laughed at because what it should be about. And I want everybody out there who's not listening because I don't have these people that I know that are doing this kind of stuff. But they're just kind of trying to whore themselves in some sleazy, cheap, lazy way. Uh, but I wish they could listen and I, I wish they could know and understand that it comes back to the way you get by in this world is the way the apostles got by. You have to have something of value that you're providing to the people so much so that, that they want to give you money to have that thing you're providing. 
And that person could be an employer with a business who wants your service. So they pay you to give back to that employer something of value to help him or her run their business. Or it could be directly to the people. But I believe very, very few people really know or understand how to market directly to the people. Yet we live in a culture where everybody's getting online and doing direct marketing to the people. When I think that that is something that is a skill, you can go to school, you can go to college for marketing, you can go to college for business, you can get an MBA, a master's of business. I, it's actually something, you know, there's, there's information out there to learn about how to do it, how to manage finances related to the business, how to market the business and how to, how to, you know, properly charge for your goods or services in a way that is relative to the supply and demand of what you're providing in, in accordance with your talent or, or product quality level and so forth. There are standards that apply. And there are laws too, by the way, including tax laws. <laughs> and some things are, 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 are uh, licensed. You need to be licensed to sell or to produce. And some things are zoned. Certain services or goods can, can, can't be performed in certain areas uh, because of environmental concerns, noise concerns, etc. There are laws. There's so much to learn about how to really create a business that is successful, that this concept of just get rich fast scheme, get online, market yourself in some sleazy way, it's so stupid. The reason it's not very successful for 99% of the people doing it is because it shouldn't be, <laughs> because it's not good enough, because it's not based in the science of how to market yourself directly to the people. So the reason most of us go to work for others is these places of employment that we work for, they've figured that all out. You know, they have an established track record of how to do whatever it is they do and sell it to the people in an effective way. So all that's been done for you, you just have to go to work for them. Or maybe you go to work for their marketing team and help them market themselves. I don't know. But the point is, or advertising, you know, and do that. But the point is to think that you can just do your own marketing and advertising and, and economic analysis and be your own accountant. And be, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And yet all these young people today are trying to get online and just do that. And they're not having much success. And they're wondering why, why. They're all, and they all feel entitled. There's this sense of entitlement. And I just think that we need to go back to the egg, back to the principles of the Acts of the Apostles, where we look at not so much what we think we're entitled to and not money. We don't start by how can I make money? We start by what do I have to offer that's valuable? We don't put a price tag on that right away until we fine-tune and decide and work on what it is that we are skilled at that is a value. And I think that's how you look for a job. You look at your interests, your skills, what drives you, what you're good at, 
Make a list and write it down. And then when you, when you figure out your special traits or the things that actually interest you, things that you like to work on, the way you like to behave, qualities about you that are, you've been told by others are appealing, then you can find a niche or a job or a company or an art where those skills fit. And then you can go to work in that area and the money should be the second step. How much do you get from working in that area? How much comes back to you for giving along a certain line of behavior or act? Well, that's to be determined, often by an employer, but sometimes by tips or sales. But the point is that should be secondary. The primary concern should not be making money, marketing, and whoring yourself. The primary concern should be providing something of real value to the world and not just you know, masturbation fodder, but an actual service, an actual valuable uh, artistic beauty or, you know, financial benefit or product service related benefit to people or just laughter or just company or conversation. There's so many things we can provide to one another. And when you think about it, like, like, for example, if you, if you would say, I'm just, this is an example. If you say to yourself, you know what? I'm a really good listener and people seem to really enjoy talking to me. And I can have really good conversations with people. And they tell me a lot of their personal stuff. And I make them laugh and they enjoy talking to me. Well, that's a skill. And then you need to put, write that down and think about other skills you have as well. Don't just stop and say, well, then I need to have a job where I talk to people. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, that's, that's a skill that you can use in a lot of different jobs. You don't have to be like a radio talk show host to effectively use the skill of being good at conversing with people. You can be that, you can have that skill work for you in management, right? You could be really good talking with people and, and listening to people and work in the priesthood. <laughs> you could have that skill and be really good at um, telephone sales. You might actually make a mint selling people because you're just really good at actually listening to what they need and responding to them appropriately and being fun so that they want to buy from you. You could be a great salesman with that skill. You see what I'm saying? So could be a great teacher with that skill. Teachers need to listen to their students too. Teachers need to be interesting and good to talk to and listen to and be with. There, there are so many jobs you could plug that skill into. But it starts with valuing what you're good at, what you have to offer, and what interests you. And once you make a list of those things, then you can plug that into some sort of vocation and then worry about how much. But instead, we live in this culture where the internet makes everybody just plug in and say, pay up, pay up, buddy. You don't get what I have to, I, I am so special. 
until you get to even hear my music or see my body or listen to me talk. For example, I'll now end my podcast on this final note, podcast, podcast. My podcast could be loaded with advertisements. I could have breaks every 10 minutes putting in advertisements that you'd have to skip past or suffer through. Uh, My podcast provider tries to convince me all the time to monetize my podcast because they make a buck off of it. They like advertisers coming to their podcast and you make money and they make money. YouTube has bastardized and ruined YouTube by uh, convincing people to put allow ads on their YouTube channels. And everybody has because everybody wants to make a buck. It's not enough anymore just to share the videos you've made that are maybe entertaining and valuable. Now everybody spends extra time editing their videos with that quick cut stupid thing where there's no gaps between sentences and it just cut, cut, cut to the next one, cut. Everybody uses that same editing technique, you know, all those edit chop cuts. When a guy's just sitting there talking, but it's so cool the way he got cut, uh, cut, and now he's talking, he got talk, and he's just sitting there. It's ridiculous. But you just have these YouTube channels where people are just sitting in their homes trying to talk to people. But nope, nope, that's not enough. They got to make a buck off of it. So they've now you've got to put up with these obnoxious advertisements in front of every YouTube video. It used to be there were a few people that were obnoxious like that that made you suffer through advertisements, but now everybody on YouTube because they all want a handout, they all want to make some money off of this thing that they absolutely don't deserve to make any money off of. And the same is true for podcasts. People are everybody's monetizing their podcasts, everybody's putting advertisements. Come on. Do you really think you're worth, you know, me having to be barraged by obnoxious ads just to listen to you yammer on about the Steelers or whatever it is you're talking about. I mean, no, you're not. It's not, okay? And I know I'm not. So I don't, I'm not trying to make any money off this podcast. I have not put advertisements in my podcast. I never will because I don't view my podcast as some way to get rich. It's something I'm, I enjoy doing that I think I'm good at that I just want to share I don't think it's a way to make money. I don't I don't believe I don't put enough effort into it to have the gall to think I should get paid for it. Maybe if I had a team of 10 people producing my podcast and us getting me guests and I was doing something where I was talking to famous stars and like Alec Baldwin does with his podcast. He has a couple producers and they do all this music in and out and there's all kinds of ads in his podcast. Okay, but he's Alec Baldwin. Look, he already has an automatic draw, and a marketing tool. Him. I don't have that. So I'm not going to turn off list potential listeners even more by pretending that listening to me talk is something that you should have to suffer through advertisements to do. So that's just arrogant and stupid, in my opinion. And yet, this is the culture we live in. Everybody wants to turn a buck on even the simple things that the internet has allowed us to access. And I think that's sad. And again, I think we should all value first and foremost our innate skills, our gifts, our vocations, our callings, the things we enjoy. Put that to work in some actual vocation and then worry secondarily about making a buck off of it. That's my final bit of advice. How do you make money? 
First and foremost, you don't worry about making money. You let that come to you later. You worry about doing what you do to the best of your abilities and exercising your full abilities and skills and putting them forth uh, with diligence and hard work and savvy. And you talk to people who have power, who have connections, and you work with other people who are better than you at marketing and advertising and preparing and reaching the public. If you don't know how to reach the public, don't just go on the internet and pretend like you do. Work on what it is, the product that you want to create, and then get involved with others who know how to reach the public, who are better at reaching the public than you, who understand the science of that, who maybe went to college for it. Work with them, and you'll get money eventually that way. But first and foremost, what is it that you do? And work on that. Make a list, fine-tune it, and think of making money as you getting paid back for providing something of value that people like to the world. And that should be your priority, wanting to provide the world with something that it likes. I love you. Yabba da boop